Hello, and welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe God works through people every day to help us. These people are selfless and so very humble. The majority of us don't even know they exist or existed. My name is Angel, and each podcast I will showcase one of these amazing people. Their stories will uplift, inspire, encourage, support, heal, and give you hope. Hello and welcome to the show. How is everyone doing? I hope you're all doing well and that you're blessed. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for finding us and for tuning in. And if you're returning, thank you so much for returning. This week, we'll be learning about Thomas Merton, also known as Father M. Lewis. Thomas Merton has had a huge impact on my life and has been such an amazing uh, inspiration. I did not find out about Thomas Merton until I was in my mid-30s. Um, uh, one of my students that I used to teach uh, Buddhism and philosophy to, Eastern philosophy to, um, actually introduced me to Thomas Merton and Thomas Merton's writings. And um, it, he's just, and I'm going to say it now, <laughs> he's truly amazing. Um, he definitely should be a saint, but he never will be. And we will talk about that uh, as we go. So Thomas Merton was born January 31st, 1915 in Prades, I believe that's the pronunciation, France. And he died on December 10th, 1968 at the age of 53 in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, He's known as a Roman Catholic monk, also known as a Trappist monk a poet and a prolific writer on spiritual and social themes, one of the most important American Roman Catholic writers of the 20th century, and that can't be stated enough. Thomas Merton was the son of a New Zealand-born father, Owen Merton, and an American-born mother, Ruth Jenkins, who were both artists living in France. He was baptized in the Church of England, but otherwise received little religious education. The family moved to the United States during World War I, and his mother died of stomach cancer a few years later in 1921, when Thomas was six years old. He lived variously with his father and grandparents before he finally settled with his father in France in 1926 and then in England in 1928. As a youth, he largely attended boarding schools in England and France. After a year at the University of Cambridge, he entered Columbia University in New York City, where he earned a bachelor's degree in 1938 and a master's degree in 1939. Following years of agnosticism, he converted to Catholicism during his time at Columbia and began exploring the idea of entering religious life. After teaching English at Columbia from 1938 to 1939 and at St. Bonaventure University from 1939 to 1941, he entered the Trappist Abbey of Gethsemane near Louisville, Kentucky. The Trappists are considered to be one of the most ascetic, which means like severe self-discipline, abstination. Um, Asceticism is also referred to a lot in Buddhism. Buddha was practiced asceticism for a while and it was an ascetic. Uh, there's also uh, yogis and, and uh, teachers over 
in India and also in other faiths as well that do asceticism. It's where you're, you're, you know, have severe discipline and abstinence where you might abstain from eating. You're fasting like really heavy fasting, you know, kind of like Jesus did, you know, the 40 day fast and things of that nature. Um, so, you know, this was also in the Roman Catholic monastic order, the, the Trappist are. And the, the guest, Abbey of Gethsemane is still there in Louisville, Kentucky. You can visit it. You can also see where uh, Thomas Merton lived. And um, it's, it's really an amazing place. I've never made it. I live maybe two and a half hours away, and I've never made it there. But one day I do hope to go see it. So there is a Trappist at the Abbey, Abbey excuse me, of Gethsemane. Uh, Thomas Merton grew as a mystic and pursued a imaginative spiritual quest through dozens of writing. He was ordained as a priest in 1949. And it's that, that interest that he had in mysticism and his imaginative spiritual quest uh, that get him in trouble time and time again uh, with the Catholic Church. Thomas Merton's first published works were a collection of poems called 30 Poems in 1944. Uh, another book is called A Man in the Divided Sea in 1946 and Figures for an Apocalypse in 1948. Within the publication of the autobiographical Seven Story Mountain in 1948, he gained an international reputation. His early works are strictly spiritual, but his writings of the early 1960s tend to be more towards social criticism and touch on civil rights, nonviolence, and pacifism, and the nuclear arms race. Many of his later works reveal a profound understanding of Eastern philosophy and mysticism, which is very unusual for a Westerner. Ah, so there, as you see, i.e., one of the main reasons I uh, have a fondness and uh, attraction to Thomas Merton is because I too have the same uh, interest in philosophy and you know Eastern philosophy and mysticism and, and things of that nature. Toward the end of his life, he became deeply interested in Asian religions, particularly in Buddhism. Aha, and in promoting interfaith dialogue. Oh, so very important. During a day trip in, excuse me, during a trip to Asia in 1968. He met several times with His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama, who praised him as having more insight into Buddhism than any other Christian he had known. Unfortunately, it was during this trip that Thomas Merton was fatally electrocuted by a faulty wire and a fan in his room at an international monastic convention in Thailand. He left behind seven volumes of his private journals and several volumes of his correspondences. And from those, many, many books have been written. And if you do an Amazon search for Thomas Merton, you will find all kinds of books. Okay, so I know that was a pretty brief uh, bio, but that is a lot of what Thomas Merton was. Um, he did his very best to deflect attention away from himself and, and towards other things. Um, I had made the statement at the beginning of the show that Thomas Merton should be a saint, but never will be. 
Um, and the reason for that is there was a statement released that says he will not become a saint because of his radical pacifism, which caused him to be censored even in his lifetime because his curiosity regarding Eastern contemplative traditions struck some as her, her excuse me, heretical or heresy. And because he admitted to a variety of sins throughout his career that would give ammunition to his opponents. I call that BS to an extreme. Um, you know, I, I love the Catholic faith. Um, and that is, you know, primarily what I practice these days. Um, but I disagree with this completely. Um, you want to section out a person um, for studying, you know, Eastern ways and teachings and incorporating those into prayer. Um, we all talk today, the, the whole thing of meditation and prayer uh, flow off the tongues and lips of preachers, pastors, priests, so easy these days. But if you go back before Thomas Merton, you would never have heard that. Even in the Bible, it uses the word meditation. Um, but there was never any emphasis on it because that was considered to be Eastern, you know, to a lot of people. Um, so before Thomas Merton, we never, you know, put prayer and meditation together. They're both very, um, how would you say, you know, they both go together so well and they're so important to each other, you know, through meditation, you can get into very deep prayer and connected with the divine God, the universe, whatever you want to refer to that, which has no label. Um, and we'll get into that as well. I mean, this is a very hot button topic for me. If you can't already tell how I'm a little uneasy um, speaking about it, because I don't want to say too much or to offend anybody. I never want to do that. I, I want this show. In fact, you know, I want it to be just the opposite. I want this show to be so open to where anyone from any faith can listen to the show and feel at home. And that is my number one priority and goal. Um, and that's not just for me. Um, you know, I'm going to get into this in our last episode of this season, uh, episode 20. This is going to, this is episode 15. So we have a few more episodes to go, but episode 20 is going to be kind of my soapbox episode where I'm going to get into this in more detail. So I kind of don't want to jump off, <laughs> jump off the diving board into an empty pool quite yet. <laughs> So anyway, getting back to Thomas Merton, as we should, um, a lot of people, and I myself didn't even realize this. This is how the whole conversation came up between me and one of my students is, <clears throat> excuse me, we were talking about meditation and my student was very, very knowledgeable of, um, you know, Christianity, um, and all of that and Catholicism and things because his father was a preacher. So he was raised in that. And he was very, very, he's a very educated person to begin with. 
Um, so he was sharing with me about, hey, you know, did you know who brought meditation to the United States? And I was like, no, I, I did not know. And he said Thomas Merton. And I was like, ooh, light bulb went up. It was like and a question mark next to it saying, you know, I need to find out who this guy is. So he shared a little bit with me. And it was because of Thomas Merton that we have meditation in the United States. Now, do I believe it would eventually have came over to the United States? Of course, I'm sure it would have. But I don't think it would have taken off as it did because we're talking about the, you know, 60s. That was a very explosive time for the United States. And because of the whole hippie movement, uh, peace, love movement, uh, meditation played right in and... Thomas Merton invited many people from the East, Zen teachers and monks, as well as His Holiness the Dalai Lama. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. My phone went off. I record all the podcasts and shows through my phone, and I forgot to silence my phone. <laughs> so excuse the bloop through the, uh, there just a second ago. I wasn't trying to censor myself, I, I swear. I would like to quickly add that I came across some interesting information um, regarding Thomas Merton and that Pope Francis met with United States Congress back in September of 2015 and he fondly mentioned Thomas Merton as well as Dorothy Day, uh, who, who was a radical and we'll be having a show on her uh, eventually as well, but um, he fondly mentioned Thomas Merton several times in, 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 in great spirits and good words. And, you know, it kind of led you to believe like, uh, you know, why aren't we working on making this guy a saint? And, you know, as I stated earlier, because of other issues, um, they, they aren't going to do that. Or as of now, they're not going to do that. But, you know, that he was mentioned by a pope. But like I said, it was in 2015 and nothing's come of that since. So don't know if it got squashed or what happened, but I just wanted to add that I was able to locate that information. And also some of the reasons I found that why they were saying that, you know, he had a clouded past that they didn't want brought up if they were going to uh, nominate him to be canonized or beatified, uh, that there would be, you know, he had such a shady past. Um, well, he did before, you know, he became um, a Trappist monk. He was a, a, a college guy that did college things. And also, while he was a monk, he broke his uh, monastic vows once and had a relationship with a woman. Um, so that's probably what they're referring to, is that they didn't want that all to be brought back up. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. Personally, I think there's more to it than that, <laughs> you know, and if you've got a pope that's saying, you know, singing this guy's praises, why isn't something being done? So anyway, I just wanted to mention that. So again, you know, we wouldn't have the meditation that we know and love today if it wasn't for Thomas Merton, I would say personally, as my opinion. Again, because of the timeliness of, you know, when it was introduced and how it took off and, you know, how it stuck and is still um, a big part of, you know, our culture today.
And Thomas Merton was all about, you know, interfaith dialogue, um, or what I like to refer to as a unified faith or faith unity. I'll be speaking about this more in the episode 20 uh, season finale podcast and show. It, it To me, it's extremely important. And, and to me, it's something that's not done enough these days. Um, Pope John Paul II, who's also now a saint, Saint Pope John Paul II, was big on interfaith and you know the, the importance of interfaith. And I think this show does a really good job of, or at least I try my level best uh, for it to be, you know, an interfaith safe place uh, for everybody. Like I said before, you know, I want everybody to come here, regardless of your faith, or if you don't have a faith, to feel comfortable and at home, and that you learn something and find things that are interesting, things that intrigue you, things that pique your interest, things that, you know, you will go and say, hey, you know, I want to look up some more things on this person, or I want to investigate or study more on that person and their ways. And I'm a firm believer that you can't have too many tools in your toolbox. As you go through life, um, you are presented tools that you can either take or you can discard. And I believe that you should take as many tools as you can because you never know when you're going to need them. And, you know, that's, again, a primary goal of this show is to give you those tools to present to you people, places, and things that you had never heard of before, probably never would have heard of. And that's a shame in and of itself that so many of the people that we showcase here are people that aren't familiar, that aren't well-known, and they very much should be. And, you know, again, here we have, you know, Thomas Merton, who by all rights should be canonized and be a saint, but never will because of politics. And um, that's that's a tragedy. That, that truly is. And again, we'll get into more of that <laughs> in episode 20. So hang on for that one. Now, in speaking about Thomas Merton's untimely death, there are a lot of conspiracy theories about his death. Um, a lot of people believe he was murdered um, because he ruffled a lot of feathers and he was reprimanded many times um, by the church to, you know, cease and desist, you know, to stop doing what he was doing, and he continued to do what he did. Now, I'm not saying, please don't take it this way, that the church put a hit on Thomas Merton and killed him. They may have, they may not have, I don't know. Um, but if you want to know more about it, there's all kinds of websites uh, on that. You can just do a search for Thomas Merton death, and they will instantly come up. I'm not going to put a link to that in the show notes. I mean, that's something, if it intrigues or interests any of you, you're more than welcome to. I will tell you right now, there is no definitive proof either way, but it is very suspicious. Um, the cause of his death was electrocution by a faulty wire on a fan in his room. Um, it's one of those fans that, you know, like a stand-up fan that's, on the ground that has a base, um, like a portable fan. And supposedly the floor was concrete. It had a faulty wire 
and I guess he had showered or something and came out of the shower and was electrocuted. Now, I know that can happen. That is a possibility. Um, being a musician myself, I have uh, been barefoot a time or two on a concrete floor and was playing a guitar into an amp that was not well grounded and you will get <laughs> you will get zapped. Um, so it is a possibility, but just the whole timing of it um, in our human terms, not as in God's terms or the divine's terms, um, was very suspicious. Um, he was very much taking off, gaining popularity, notoriety. Um, his outspokenness uh, against um, you know things such as injustice, um, racism, um, politics, you know, nuclear war, nuclear weapons, all of that. Uh, he was getting very ramped up. He was gaining a lot of momentum. He was gaining a lot of followers, uh, which gained him a lot of attention. And not all of that attention was good at attention. And, you know, as we know, the 60s were a volatile time. There were a lot of people who were killed, assassinated uh, during that time. And, you know, which is truly beyond a tragedy that we lost so many great souls um, during that time that could have done so much, much more to help us and to help this world. Um, but again, you know, Thomas Merton was one of them. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Thomas Merton or not. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Uh, but now you have. And I really hope that, um, although this podcast was a little short uh, and a little bit of a, <laughs> a tangent for me to, to get on a little bit of a soapbox, uh, I hope he has intrigued your interest um, and that you want to check him out even more. As I said, there are so many books uh, on Thomas Merton now from all the writings that he um, he left us. And there are some books that he wrote himself. Um, so I highly recommend anything. You can't go wrong with anything you pick up by Thomas Merton. It's it's very insightful. You have to remember where it came from, that, it, you know, it came from a person who, you know, at the Abbey at Gethsemane, when he was a Trappist monk, he spent a couple of years in, in the Hermitage where he had a little shack and he just kind of huddled up there and um, did his own private retreat, you know, and it was a great help to him. You know, again, that helped spark that interest in, you know, the Eastern ways and meditation and, and how to develop your prayer and make it deeper and more of a connection with the divine, with God, with the universe, whatever you want to call that, which has no label. Um, and through that, you know, he has helped and continues to help so many people. I mean, even those who are religious, like I said before, meditation and prayer go together hand in hand so much that you, you hear it all the time at church and homilies and everything. I mean, it's just, it, you know, you hear people talking about it all the time. And again, I point to Thomas Merton that if it was not for him, that would not be for us. And, you know, for that, I am forever thankful for his blessing us with this gift. Um, it's, you know, truly amazing. And it's something that will it's benefiting us. It's benefited all generations and it will continue to benefit generations to come. So instead of doing a song of the week, I thought 
it would be good to do a prayer of the week. Um, in this prayer, I will have listed in the show notes and also on the website, which I will give you information on here in just a moment. And this is a prayer uh, by Thomas Merton. And he says, my Lord God, and feel free to change whatever wording you feel um, would be better for you and for your faith. He says, my Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire and all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road. Though I may know nothing about it, therefore I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. And that is called the Thomas Merton Prayer, and it's from a book called Thoughts in Solitude, and that was published by the Abbey of Our Lady of Gethsemane. So speaking of prayer, as I had mentioned before, I think I mentioned before, I love to pray. Prayer is a huge part of my life, um, and I do my level best to be in a state of prayer in one form or another, um, every moment of my life, um, really, I, I can't, um, express enough how important prayer is, how powerful prayer is, how things can happen by prayer. Miracles happen by prayer. And this is interfaith. So no matter what your faith is, um, I'm sure you will agree that prayer is, uh, powerful and important, um, you know, prayer is universal in all faiths, um, even in what they call, quote, pagan faiths. Um, if you are a practicing witch, of course, you do spell spell work that you know as prayer. There's no difference um, other than the label. And again, that's a common misconception to those who don't know um, of the faith and of your practice. And that I apologize for on behalf of everyone uh, that I could possibly apologize on. And we'll cover more of that <laughs> in episode 20 as we get there. But anyway, as I was saying, see, there I go again. As I was saying, um, see, Thomas Merton got me started. <laughs> I'm blaming him. Um, as I was saying, prayer is so very important, and I want that to be an intricate part of our show. Um, your prayers are important, very important, and I would like to help you with your prayers if you have someone that you would like for me to pray for or for people here on the show to pray for, please, please, please let me know. There's two ways you can do that. You can email me directly at faithandmorepodcast. That's all one word, faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. That's a direct email to me. Or you can go to our new website. Yes, we have a website now, and I made the website. If you listen to last week's episode, you'll hear at the beginning on the oops 
part uh, before the show of how the website came about. But a lot of people were saying they were having issues accessing the show notes. And I so sincerely and deeply apologize to everybody for that. And I will agree. Um, if you go to Anchor, Anchor's great. Don't get me wrong. It's who publishes the show. And it's absolutely free. So I, I don't fault them on anything. But to navigate on Anchor, to get to the show notes and to access the links is very difficult. And it's a combobulated mess. Once you even get to the show notes, the format and layout of what I had typed up as show notes is such a mess. It's nothing. It's like one giant paragraph all crammed together. And it looks nothing like I originally typed it. So to alleviate that, I have created a website. And the website is Faith and More Podcast. Again, all one word. Faith and More Podcast dot Wix site. W I X S I T E. Again, that's W I X S I T E dot com slash my dash site. S I T E. So again, if you go to Faith and More Podcast dot com, Wix site dot, or excuse me, Faith and More Podcast dot Wix site dot com slash my dash site. That will take you to the new website. Now, the new website has a great layout, great format, and thanks to Wixsite, they're not sponsoring the show yet, <laughs> but thanks to them for offering a free service so we could have a website for the show. It's very easy to navigate. Beautiful layout, simple layout. You can actually listen to the shows through the web page, which is awesome, and you can access you know, the show notes, and everything works great. The format looks good, um, about as good as we're going to get for free. And um, I'm not complaining. As long as it's legible and easy to navigate and access, that's all I'm concerned about right now. And the thing that I'm getting to as far as the prayer goes is at the bottom of the web page, there's a form that you can fill out to submit your prayer request and intentions. So if you have somebody that you want for me to pray for or want the show to pray for, Please fill that form out. Now, it will ask for your first and last name, but it's not required. Fill that out if you want. You don't have to. What is required is your email address, and that's so I can reply back to you. I don't sell information. Your website or your email address is safe with me. I don't share any information with anybody. I'm not that way. And also below that uh, is a comment section where you can write in uh, your prayer requests and intentions. Fill it out, fill it up, you know, let me know. But please also notate in there if you would like your prayers to be private just for me to pray or if you would like them shared on the show. I'd be more than happy to do that because the more people we get to praying for the one thing, for the one intention, for the one purpose, for the person um, the more powerful it is and the more beneficial it is for that person. So I wanted to make sure I shared that with all of you. Um, please utilize these tools, utilize the website and, you know, contact me. Let me know what you think. There's also a contact button at the very top of the web page that says contact. If you click on that, it will put my email address automatically in your, in whatever uh, thing you use to do your email. And you can write an email to me straight away from there. So I hope you all enjoy it. Please give me your feedback on it. Uh, again, we do our level best to, uh, for the show and to improve it and to make it the best that it can be. 
Thank you all so very much for tuning in and listening. I'm so looking forward to seeing you all again. But until then, lots of love and blessings to each of you.